Hi, I'm Liz Graveline. As a doctor of physical therapy, I spent my early 20s refining my intervention skills on treating joint pain, stiffness, and weakness. Now, in my early 30s, as a working mom of two toddlers, it wasn't long ago that I had to rebuild my level of fitness from the ground up. On this show, morning routines, posture, joint health, and life longevity are all topics we'll break down for you into digestible bits of information to quickly implement in your day-to-day life. Regardless of whether you are the experienced or novice exerciser, this is a place you can receive actionable steps and strategies to reach you closer and closer to your fitness goals without judgment or the external pressures. Bringing back the fun and excitement into an active lifestyle so that it's tied into how you feel versus what you look like is what we'll discuss here. So settle in and get ready to be cheered on while you learn. This is the Exercise Proper Podcast. I first want to give a shout out to those of you who have been tuning in every week. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, take my fit quiz to receive your results on what type of workout plan you are most likely to commit to. The link is in the show notes. Also, please leave a review or share this episode with a friend who may find value from the information in this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. It means so much. Thank you. If you're anything like me, we are people pleasers. We give, give, give our time and energy to our jobs, our friends and families, and it has left us feeling exhausted. As someone who cares for patients with physical limitations and with the expectation that I will help them get back to living the life they always knew, I take on a huge responsibility. I know you too have many responsibilities. It's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves to deliver and to over-deliver. And in between our responsibilities, we also have things to get done. Is your brain consistently working like the Energizer Bunny? Have you ever felt like you're so consumed with thoughts, plans, and actions? Do you make to-do lists or mental to-do lists? Are you someone like me who experiences the same overwhelm from week to week to cross everything off your to-do list? I don't know about you, but I don't write down my paper on paper, my to-do list. It's just um, too overwhelming to have all of my daily tasks on paper as a visual. So I store the items on this list all in my head, which means during any short span of downtime, I'm cycling through my mental to-do list over and over again. I'm constantly checking in on what I miss and what I can accomplish in this short window of time I have available while I'm on my lunch break or driving in the car on the way to work or when the kids are napping. These are the tasks I cycle through on repeat every day. Clean the toilets, research babysitters on Facebook, schedule a wax, cook dinner, Well, who am I kidding? I don't cook. Ken does that. (laughs) Wrap little Johnny's birthday present we have coming up. Order a selection of picture prints I've saved on my iPhone of the kids. Respond to my dear friend's text message when she was nice enough to ask how I'm feeling and I forgot to respond. Open up the mail. By being consumed with thoughts running through our minds on repeat, we are in a way creating our own stress and overwhelm. And I'm totally guilty of this. The energy this takes day in and day out with yesterday's tasks overflowing to the next day and the next day. It's draining. 
It wasn't until I hit a wall, physically and mentally, where I lost motivation for all the things I love to do when I realized I needed to make a change. Because although this dark period was short-lived, I knew it would present itself again if I didn't change the root cause. That's why I think it's so cool that self-care has gained more and more popularity. There are endless Pinterest posts with titles like 34 ways to take better care of yourself with number one being take a bubble bath, number two, enjoy a quiet cup of tea, number three, take a nap, and number four, this is my favorite, take a leisurely stroll through your neighborhood. All of these self-care tips make me laugh because when we're raising toddlers these days, leisure is short-lived in our home. I imagine a leisurely walk being quiet, peaceful, where you feel like you are one with nature as you look around at the trees, hear the birds singing, and smell the neighbor's freshly cut grass. Not our grass. Our landscaping shares the same resemblance to a frat house. For our family, leisurely strolls is just not realistic for us right now in the phase we're in. When I'm going for a walk with the kids, I feel stress. That may sound hard to believe, but the street we live on is a cut-through road and people drive fast on there. My eyes are glued to every car that speeds by. When I feel stress, my mind is always preparing one, two, three steps ahead, basically to chuck our tandem double stroller over the curb on the side of the road to save my kids from being hit by a car. You know, just in case, and I know this may be dramatic, but I do not like surprises, and I do not like taking risks without a plan. When we're talking about hacks for self-care, sure, that sounds amazing in theory. I would love to take a bubble bath with candles surrounding the bathtub and calm, soothing music. I can appreciate a quiet cup of coffee, not tea. I'm not really a tea drinker. Naps are completely necessary to be the quality mom I want to be, and we know how I feel about leisurely walks. But these self-care hacks aren't always realistic. And so this particular blog post on Pinterest got me thinking, what is the purpose of self-care? Like the real purpose to have better self-hygiene, to make sure we are all well-rested, to relax us and catch our breath. But then I dug a little deeper and I think self-care's true purpose is to ultimately quiet our minds. Hear me out. If you just had a switch to quiet your mind, to turn your mind off and on, wouldn't that be amazing? If you were able to free your mind from overthinking and second guessing, wouldn't life be so different? I'd rather use my mind to be a creative and critical thinker, to live my days with more presence in the moment so that when I do have a few minutes to myself, I find myself in in a general state of relaxation and peace instead of worry and overwhelm. I want to dive into the strategy I use to start decluttering your mind. And in no way am I an expert on this topic, although I found a game-changing strategy that has truly helped me find myself feeling lighter, more energetic, and without all the brain activity that I experience normally. First, I write down on paper all the tasks that reoccur on a daily or weekly basis outside of work. Generally, these tasks can be categorized by meals, house chores, social events, kids' activities, and finances or bills. And these categories have subcategories. For example, under meals, you have grocery shopping and packing lunches. 
under house chores, you have cleaning out your car, cleaning the bathrooms, laundry, vacuuming, restocking on Amazon. Under social events, you have checking in, checking in with friends, scheduling date nights or nights out with the girls, going to the gym, packing gym bags. Under finances, you have opening the mail and paying bills online. Your list may be shorter or longer. There's no right or wrong. These are specifically tasks that you need to complete again and again on repeat. On a second sheet of paper, I wrote down the days of the week on the top of the paper. And I crossed out the days of the week. I realistically do not have time to get anything done because of my work schedule. So now Monday and Wednesdays are crossed off. That left me with five days of the week that I can evenly distribute tasks so that I won't feel overwhelmed on the night before a heavy task-filled day. Then under every day of the week, I wrote down events that take place. This may be work, school, and other commitments that unless you and your family are sick, you will be attending these events. Now I can get a bird's eye view of the bare minimum that needs to happen on each day of the week. I'll give you an example for the meal category. When I'm planning our family's meals, I like to pack our lunches the night before in order to feel completely prepared for Monday morning. And because I cross Monday off on the top of my paper due to my 13-hour work shift, I'll need to pack lunches for Tuesday as well because I'll be home with the kids and it's just always easier to grab and go. However, I need groceries to pack these lunches, right? So at the top of my paper... Under Sunday, I wrote down pack work lunch for Monday, pack kids lunch for Tuesday, and under Thursday, I wrote down shop for groceries so that I'm stocked up on Sunday when I'm packing everyone's lunches. If we're talking about house chores, I like to start off the work week with clean sheets and the weekend with a clean house. We're usually out and about over the weekend, either visiting my parents or my in-laws, and it's the best feeling coming home on a Sunday afternoon to a clean home. So again, at the top of my paper under Friday, I wrote down vacuum and clean out the car. Under Sunday, I added change the sheets. The idea is that all the daily and weekly tasks you complete on repeat should have a place on your weekly calendar. This way, every single task is accounted for. You've also taken into account timing of these tasks so that you have the opportunity to actually complete your tasks. For example, you can't pack lunches if your fridge isn't stocked. You can't change your sheets if you don't have clean sheets handy in your closet, right? This may take you a few weeks to work out the kinks. You can obviously switch things around as you go to make your schedule best suited to your lifestyle and what will make the flow of your day easy and breezy. I've also taken the time every Friday to write these tasks down on my calendar so that I can create boundaries around these short to-do lists in case I have a date night coming up on a Sunday evening. Then I would have to drag over and distribute Sunday's tasks to earlier days in the week. And don't forget the small things that can be easily missed if you don't plan for them to happen, like checking in with a friend or writing your grandmother a letter. Because when you have some extra room in your mind to think outside of the daily grind, that's when I realize there's more I wish I had time for that I should be making time for. 
Also, now that I've spit out everything I have in my mind onto paper or in the calendar on my phone, I can send the schedule to Ken and more often than not, he'll surprise me and cross tasks off my own to-do list, which is so incredibly helpful. And it makes me feel like we're a team and I'm not taking care of all the behind the scenes stuff all on my own. I hope this strategy will flip the script for you as it has done for me and free your mind to be more of your truer self in the real you. If you received some insight and tangible strategies you can use, please subscribe to the Exercise Proper Podcast. Just click the plus button at the top of the Exercise Proper Podcast show page on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review when you scroll to the bottom. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time, guys.